Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. Today is episode 75, Sleep Training Twins and Loving It. I'm chatting with Katie, and when you hear her speak, you will know exactly why I chose the title of this podcast. Katie is so bubbly and so excited about sleep, but also passionate about setting the record straight when it comes to twins. She drops some amazing truths at the very end of this podcast, talking about how this is not something that she needs to survive, but she wants to enjoy being a mom of multiples. So we're going to go ahead and dive into this episode with Katie Krodman, and I'm excited for you guys to listen in. If you have a friend who has twins, multiples, or they just found out they're expecting twins or multiples, share this podcast with them, would you? Because I know they may be feeling overwhelmed, and I want Katie's wisdom. I want Katie's experience to speak positivity into their journey, even from the beginning. All right, here's my conversation with Katie. So I actually didn't start the newborn course confession when they were born. I was like convinced that BabyWise was going to work and BabyWise did not work. So I had a lot of friends that like had good success with baby wise. So I had seen you beforehand before they were born and like followed your podcast and your Instagram. But I was like, baby wise promises you a lot of sleep really early on. And I like that promise. And then like three weeks in, I thought I would kill for three hours of sleep that night. So then we did the newborn course in it. They improved the night of. They started getting better. So So for you, what was it about BabyWise that I've heard this from so many parents, that same statement. What was it for you that maybe in your situation with twins that was like, nope, this can't work? So BabyWise has like the schedule that you should follow. And they say you should have, I don't even remember now what it says, but it should be like you have, yes, you should have, you know, eight feedings and they should be spaced out this amount and your baby should be waking up at this time. But my girls were waking up sooner. And so I wasn't going to not feed you. (laughs) I have to do that. And so it just wasn't working. They weren't fitting into the category of what they were saying. And so it, it just didn't work. Like, and I kept thinking, well, what if your kid wakes up more often or wants to eat more often? What do I do? And so then they started following the baby wife schedule more when we applied your techniques because I felt like it didn't give you techniques to do it. It just mm-hmm. said, eat, play, sleep. But then it didn't tell you what to do when they wake up. It didn't tell you any of those things. So then when we did the newborn course, every once in a while, I just referenced to see how long it says they should be sleeping at night at this age. And they ended up following what they said or sleeping longer. And it just happened to be that way. But baby wise was not working. <laughs> I've definitely heard from lots of actually twin um, families that it was just a, a lot of rigidness for them. And I do yeah. think baby wise has a lot. It's, I mean, it's one of the books that I have right here on my microphone stack to lift my microphone up. Um, it's, it's definitely a great thing to, to acknowledge, but yes, within the newborn course, I really don't want parents to feel like that they have to prescribe to something. And it's the same with moms on call and with baby wise that I, do, I just don't believe that these newborns need to be structured and rigid mm-hmm. because that's the joy of a newborn. 
porn, especially when you have two of them, like just enjoy them, follow some guidelines. And and those guidelines can actually be, I hate to say the word magical, but it seems that way sometimes. Oh, it is. (laughs) Very much so. Um, And there's definitely things from Baby Wise that we still use. I have that on my bookshelf. I probably haven't opened it in like six months, but there's some things from reading it at the beginning. I think definitely influence how I parent now, but the sleep was not a part of it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So tell us a little bit about, um, when the girls, and if you want to share their names, you are definitely oh, yeah, welcome to do that. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the girls, just kind of as far as their, their newborn stage. What was that like for you? And these are your your first two. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Maddie and Evie are their names, Madison and Evelyn. Um, when we got them in the hospital, when they came out, it was so bad. Like sleep wise, it was just, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to say, you know, oh, in that time, like, yes, I had them and that was precious, but the time in the hospital, I do not look back as like a fond memory at all. Um, so they came out, um, they were both natural, not C-section. I had an epidural though. Yeah. So, um, and I got sick right after they were born. So they were actually on my chest and I was throwing up into a throw up bag in the hospital. So they gave me some very strong anti-nausea medicine and I was out of it. And no one really checked in on us. I feel like nursing staff wise and thought, oh, these are new parents who just had twins. Maybe we need to check in. Um, so we kind of got started on the feedings a little late. And then you, we just weren't feeding them quick enough. It's supposed to be every three hours, but three hours gets away from you. Um, so they didn't sleep in the hospital. Um, it was... <laughs> the first night was so hard. One of them was nursing constantly. Um, ironically, Maddie would not sleep in the hospital and in her newborn stage, she was a way better sleeper. But I remember Rafi being in there and he was like, Maddie just won't sleep and Evie will sleep. Um, and so they did not sleep. We ended up, I had not registered for two rock and plays. I had registered for one rock and play because I was like, we're not going to sleep in these. But I got two somehow. And so we ended up bringing these rock and plays in desperation to the hospital, thinking these are going to be magic things. And I hated every second that we were using these rock and plays. Um, And it didn't work. Um, So we got, I remember saying, it's going to be better. We just need to get out of this hospital room. And it better so we got them home um my husband's in med school and he so so they were born on thanksgiving day so we had a little bit of a break but um he got home and he still had tests for two weeks so my mother-in-law came and we were pretty much like nighttime she and i shift took shifts just to get it done for those two weeks and then he had christmas break which was a huge blessing um but it was so hard because they were sleeping and they were in the rock and plays and I really did not like that they were in the rock and plays but we thought that's all that we could do with them um we would wake them up if one woke up we'd wake the other one up and feed them but sometimes and we didn't know this until after newborn course that Evie in particular was a very loud sleeper and will cry in her sleep um and so we I remember leaving out of bed and going to there and grabbing who I thought was crying and then holding a baby in my arms who was asleep. Oh my gosh. But now she's awake and I'm holding her 
And so I'm like, okay, I guess now I'm going to feed you, which means I'm also going to wake up your sister and feed you. So now I've just taken a whole hour pretty much of the night and neither one of you may actually have been awake. Yeah. Um, so probably I want to say three weeks in, we did the newborn course and we were doing we had done the diaper changes wrong and <laughs> we were doing the order of that wrong. The letting Evie cry, especially for just even a few minutes. I don't even know if I made it to the three minute mark most of the time, but even just letting her cry for a little bit was a game changer. And I remember the first night they slept for three and a half hours, both of them. And yeah. we went to church the next day and we're like, it's great. We slept for three and a half hours stretch. So, and then they just kept getting better. Yeah. Um, and so I would say we did not have dream sleep babies. Maddie maybe would have been one. Evie was not. She was not an angel baby. It was not just this convenient thing that, oh, they just fell into it. At a month old, we found out that she maybe had a milk protein allergy. So she's got switched to different formula. But she was like, the witching hour for her was so bad yeah like, I would have to hold her and then when she got new formula it was better but they were not like magical dream babies but because we did the course they were sleeping through the night by three months old that's one that's so awesome and it's it's a good thing to recognize too especially for those listening that you know when you do have multiples the moment where they newborns are just noisy sleepers they mm -hmm. really just are and that's another reason where yes i love having bassinet beside you but some parents do recognize that like oh my gosh this child is like grunting all night and i can't sleep because of that and when you do recognize and yes in the newborn course i'm not um i'm not asking you to make your child cry for extended periods of time because we don't want that but you do have to acknowledge and get to know your baby just like you did and yeah. you recognize oh that girl's not even awake She's crying and whining from her sleep. So I know that if I wait about three to five minutes, her whining fussiness is going to subside and she's going to go back to sleep. And that is so normal and okay for a newborn yeah. to make noises throughout the night. And the fact that you recognize that from her is, is great. I wish looking back, and since there was two, the amount of space that they take up is a lot more, but I wish looking back, we had somehow, our bedroom has it's attached to a bathroom, which has a closet through it and has a closet in it. I wish we had somehow put them in those closets just to have a little bit of a barrier because I think they would have slept longer sooner because I just, there were four people in this room and I would hear them and I'd be like, I don't want you to wake up your sister. I don't want you to wake up your dad. So I'd grab them a lot sooner. But the, when we put them in the nursery, it was a game changer because I turned down on the monitor just so you don't have to hear it and I'd watch them and ever since we've put them up there knock on wood I had not gone back up so for six months I've never gone back up in the middle of the night so awesome. that was like that's where you can mentally I guess for me it's easier that if I don't have to hear you right next to me it was a lot better Right. And that is such a good thing to recognize for yourself because mm -hmm. every family is in a different situation. I hear this all the time. Like, Hey Becca, when should I move the kids to their own room? And that really is up to parents for sure. But you recognize that for your maybe mental sanity and for your husband's sleep, like, Hey, it's probably a better thing that we have this a little bit more separated and give a little bit more space, which yeah. is good. And on that note, um, I would love to hear about how, um, how naps went for you guys. Mm -hmm. And I, I will not even, I'm going to zip my mouth and share things that I share for toddler yeah. for, um, for twin naps, but let us know like how, how's the napping been? Like how did you approach naps for them in the same or separate spaces and things like that? 
So we actually, they do sleep in a room together for everything. They've never slept in a crib or a pack and play or anything together. They've never been actually in the same. In, oh yeah. Right. Crib sharing. Right. Um, so when they were newborns until we moved them up to their room, they would sleep in a, we had a pack and play. We did have rock and plays for a while and we got them out. <laughs> I was like, we need to get them out. Yes. But when, um, so most of the time during the day, it was like my way to be okay with it. They would sleep in bassinets that were on top of a pack and play. It was like the mm -hmm. double twin thing. But that started to influence them. I felt probably around two months or so because they, they were like practically next to each other. There's a mesh barrier between them, but they're next to each other. So in their room, um, it's an attic space that was refinished into a bedroom. So it's very long. So I remember setting up the nursery before they came and I had the cribs catty corner next to each other. And I thought, oh, it's going to be so sweet because you're going to be next to each other. And oh, like, it's just, you're not in the same crib, so you're safe, but you're going to be next to each other and you're going to love each other. It's going to be great. And then I remember when we went to go put them up, I was thinking, this is not going to work. So I moved the cribs completely on other sides. So it's a very long room. So they're on completely opposite sides of a room with a white noise machine in between them. Yeah. So they nap really well together. Um, so Evie, that girl, it's funny because she was the harder newborn and now she would sleep all day if I let her. Um, <laughs> I pretty much have to wake her up from every single nap. So she is a very deep sleeper and Maddie is always the first to wake up. Um, and Evie just sleeps through it. So I think for this amount of time, it hasn't been an issue with having them together because Evie does sleep so deeply. I have realized though that if Maddie wakes up, she'll talk and play right now and um i kind of just let her be for a little while because if i go in evie now knows that she's left out she would be dead asleep but the moment that i go in she's like wait you forgot about me i'm ready come get me right now yes so um they haven't naps haven't been a huge issue they have a playroom that's outside of their bedroom. And so I think in the future, if it did become an issue, we would just, we have pack and plays in there for them to play in. We right. would just let someone nap in there. If yeah. it becomes like, I hear sometimes, you know, once they're older and they want to like play with each other, right. um, then it can be distracting. But for right now, they block each other's cries out and don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have the space for that too, like such a long, narrow room. That is, that's, that's great. Cause it could almost be like two separate yeah. spaces, two separate rooms. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I definitely <laughs> think that that's, it, it's di like I said, it's different for every situation. So mm -hmm. my, my blanket statement of, Hey, could you separate them for naps? I mean, it's not the case for you guys. Cause your, your setup is different and that's totally yeah. 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 That's awesome. So I think you guys did um, also get into the four to five month program. Yes. Is that right? Yes, we did. Okay. So I'd love to hear about your experience in that yeah. um, and how that's been going for you guys since then. So we, um, I feel like we're a little different than your, like the normal sleep training people where I was like, I am ready to go. I would sleep train this kid at two weeks if I was able to. Um, so we were just counting down the days till we could do the four and five month e-coaching. We might've even started a week early cause I was like, they're totally ready. So they were sleeping in their room. They were sleeping pretty much 12 hours a night. The naps were what needed to be kind of tweaked with. Um, 
I would say just kind of like with you and Hattie, I didn't actually sleep train them for their sleep. They were just ready to go. We never had a four month regression. Um, so amazing because that's exactly why that newborn course was built was that you don't have to be dreading like, Oh my gosh, everything's going to change. And that's, I'm actually going to camp out on there for a second because so many parents want to know like, well, if I buy the newborn course, am I going to have to do like subsequent programs? Maybe, maybe not. Every kid is different, but in your situation, it wasn't necessarily the nighttime that you were trying to tweak. It was really the naps and it's holistic. So it all goes together. So we were waiting till the day that we could take those pacifiers away. I was like, I cannot wait until we get rid of these things. Um, I had listened to all your podcasts. I knew everything behind why you would take it away. And I just kept looking at the calendar saying, you could sell soon at four months if we're taking this thing away. So we um, took them away night one. It was amazing because I felt like before we always have to run up and put the pacifier back in and there was something for us to do. But once that went away, it was kind of on them to fall back to sleep. Um, Maddie fussed for maybe 10 minutes the first night about the pacifier. She had been on the edge of sucking her thumb and then she just went straight to her thumb. Um, And she's been doing that ever since. And I feel like her demeanor changed just all around day to day from her sucking her thumb because normally if she was in a fussy situation, she was relying on me to stick the pacifier in, especially in the car and stuff. But now, even now, if her sister's crying in the car and she's tired, she just looks at her like, I'm over this, turns her head, sticks her thumb in her mouth, and is asleep in 30 seconds in the car. <laughs> That's so, so sweet. It just gave her the power. Um, Evie never sucked her thumb. I think she sucks on her sleep sack, like the zipper part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, the pacifiers, it was amazing. We dropped them I think I probably have one in the diaper bag that was there for emergencies and one time I tried to put it in the car and they didn't even know what to do with it at that point and just kind of like chewed on it um so that was the biggest part and then the naps just kind of shaped up better um they're so predictable now we've only ever had one day where they kind of boycotted nap and it was completely our fault because we took them in the car right when it was nap time and that backfired. Um, and it was a situation where I couldn't have planned differently, but their naps are pretty structured and scheduled just cause there's both of them. And I work from home. So I need those naps to be structured and scheduled. So people know to call me, they'll go, Oh, it's nap time. And they'll call me within five minutes of when the girls went to sleep. Um, so freeing. It's, so it's freeing. amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing for anyone, of course, to have their baby have great naps that you can count on. But I think it's even more that much more life-changing when you know what you get when your child has that nap. Like I get to have my work time or I get to finally sit down and, and take a breath or, you know, for, for, for twins, like I finally get to just have quiet by myself and, and not have to like have my eyes going in 20 different directions because there's two of you. And, and for sure, I love that. I was never one kid, five kids. I was never going to be not semi-scheduled and routine like that's just my personality but I know exactly for the most part how my day is going to go I know exactly when you're going to wake up I know you're going to nap and so that 
it's such a freeing thing for me work-wise, but just also like mentally, if they were on separate schedules, I would have no clue what the day was going to be every single day. And that is exhausting just thinking about it. Oh, I, yes. That's definitely not the way to live. I yeah. firmly believe. Um, and I'm so grateful for just the way that you have been such a cheerleader for sleep. I mean, you're always responding and sharing and talking about how awesome sleep is. And I cannot thank well, you enough for that. <laughs> well, I just, I really don't like this mindset that the world has about twins and twin moms, they look at me and I'll be in the store and they'll just say, like someone once told me, I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness. He said, Oh, you must be so tired. I'm so sorry. And I wanted to say my kids sleep 12 hours a night. And I tell people because of this, I just didn't have a free hand. Now they hold their Bibles. So I have two free hands, but before I would, be feeding them and they're eating at the same time. And I just didn't have a free hand. Um, they sleep at exactly the same time. It's just things that, you know, are maybe a minor inconvenience. It's inconvenient to still be washing eight bottles a day, but like, it's not hard. It's not this insurmountable thing because we've been able to get in a routine and they are doing the exact same thing. If they're not doing the exact same thing, I can't imagine what your life would be like. But so many people stop me. Even today, someone said, are you surviving? And I thought, no, like, it's all good. Like, we're fine. Um, it really so, is a mindset that people, it makes me, like, I, I mean, I don't have twins, but I, I definitely, it, it makes me passionate and fired up about it. Because why, why do people think that just because you have one or, yes, multiples, that your life now somehow, somehow just like automatically sucks now. Yeah. Like, no, I, I chose to have these children and yeah. I wanted to. Yes, sometimes it's an inconvenience. Yes, you are right. Sometimes I lose my comfort, but <laughs> yeah. we're, not, we're not drowning over here. And I really, um, like looking back and saying, oh, my child, it, but it could be anything. It could be sleep or it could be something different, but saying it's not that bad, but you can always, like make a change to make it better. And that's like the elementary school teacher and me coming out of like, why are we always settling for, oh, maybe this is okay. Like we can have it be great. So let's make the change. Let's get them to sleep. Let's get them to be good eaters. Let's get them to be independent at playing. Like let's do all these things to make the life that we want it to be as opposed to just sitting back and being satisfied with, well, maybe it'll be okay. I'm just surviving. That is so critical. And I'm, I'm so happy you're sharing that because we need people with the sleep all night energy like you have to then encourage other moms of multiples that, Hey, you know what? This can be different for you too. And let me, let me share my experience. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on here today. But we need people just like you're sharing that have the energy that are know what it's like on the other side. So that when we do hear people say like, well, it just is what it is or, well, you know, things are okay. And we're settling for that mediocrity. Like why? Why would you want to do that? You know, I don't, I don't understand. I also hate the term. It's a phase. Like, oh, yeah, it's just you. a phase. Like, 
we plan on having more children. So I'm just never going to sleep for the next 10 years of my life. It's just a phase. Um, and my friend actually, who's doing the newborn course right now, her little girl is starting to roll over and she was asking me about it because she kept rolling onto her stomach. And I was like, I hate to tell you this, but this is kind of just a phase and it didn't take very long. But when everyone told me it was a phase, I kind of went to grab them and strangle them because that's just not encouraging to say, oh, it's just a phase. This is just a phase. That is literally the only time I ever use that statement is for rolling um, because it is the worst phase to go through, but it is, it is just a phase. Um, And people ask probably every single Tuesday Q and A is filled with what do I do when my baby starts to roll? Well, you practice, Um, but it's definitely true. And, um, and I'm so grateful for your message here today. Um, And thank you, Katie, for sharing all this with me. me. I know it's going to encourage so many other people. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for spending time with us today, sharing your story. I think you are the perfect person to chat with about a twin experience because you have such a joy about your life with your twin girls. If you guys want to see pictures, head on over to the show notes. Just scroll down. I have a sweet photo of Katie and her girls, and you can even follow her on Instagram if you want to connect more with her. If you listen to this and you have a friend who is expecting twins, if you have a family member who is expecting twins, whatever it may be. You guys, I want you to share this with them. It's really, really easy to do. In fact, if you're on the iTunes app, there's a little box with an arrow and you can just share this with somebody. You can text it. If you're listening to this on our website, just forward this URL to them. Whatever we need to do, you guys, to spread the word that sleep with twins is still a thing. Let's do it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Sweet dreams. See you next time.